Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and r slash Fantasy MLS on Reddit. Our sixth episode is all about reviewing round two and helping you get ready for round three. And this episode is brought to you by Kamara Hardhats because who says you can't be styling on a construction site? So I'm joined again by some familiar faces, or voices, for you all. I have Scott, Jason, and Simon with me. What's going on, guys? Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. And exciting to also introduce Mr. Jason Wiskovich, a.k.a. Antioch from MLS Fantasy Boss Chat and the Reddit Forums. What's up? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Glad to have you. Glad to be here. Well, excellent. Just like last week, let's start out really quick. How did your guys' team do with this, this round? Decent. I got 50 points, so... Yes, the average was 43. Did everybody get above the average? Ooh, I don't think I was above the average this time. I was right around it. Out of town all weekend, so I haven't actually looked at my final score. I was at 42 before the last round of games. but It was another one of those good. weeks, man. It was just rough. Rough, it, rough week. It was. Everyone who might have thought defenders were the way to go and sort of adjusted their teams for that, not quite rewarded as much this week as last one. So I could see, very, very hard to guess. But we're going to help you with that coming up in our next segment. But first, as always, we are on iTunes. And Simon, Stitcher update? Stitcher is still coming. It's not up yet. But hey, in the meantime, go to iTunes. Subscribe. Give us a, a, a nice rating, and that'll really help us out. And, yes, yeah, Stitcher will be on the way shortly. I promise. I'm working on it. Good man. We love it. So we're going to jump right into the discussion now, switching up the format a little bit. A big thank you to all of you guys who gave us comments. They were very positive about the format last week. We're going to try something new, so I hope if it's good, let me know. If it's not, also let me know. We can always keep adjusting to make sure this just is the best method for delivering the advice to you guys. So, quick reminders, the MLS suspension page and the MLS disciplinary page have recently been updated, so go there, check it out. There were a few red cards last week again, so don't get caught. Got some bye weeks coming up. Be careful. And international call-ups are coming. I know MLS has uh, a tally going someplace with just a list of everyone who's going. That's stickied on the r slash fantasy MLS subreddit, so you can go there and just keep up to date with who's not going to be around around rounds four and five. So with that, let's jump right into everyone's fantasy player standout. So Antioch, the new guy, kick us off. All right, well, my standout personally, um, Rivero. He, uh, he's been killing it for me. He's doing great. Rivero, I should say. He's been doing great for me, getting me at least a couple goals a game. Um, so for him, a forward is, is in that one. Um, and then Ishi for my midfielder, he's been consistently getting – four or five points a game, taking most of the set pieces. Um, so to me, he's you know my standout there. And then on defense, Ka, how could you not love him? Dude's aggressive, great, scoring goals, getting assists, getting clean sheets. So I'm happy about that. Well, much like in uh, in the fantasy bot chat, I have to disagree with Annie there. Uh, first of all, Rivero's <laughs> only scored one goal per game, not a couple goals per game. So. Don't don't oversell the man. He's doing fine by himself. And uh, I, I meant the goal first game and then the goal this game. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. It's, it's your first time. I'm taking it easy on you. You're good. <laughs> You're good. Um, and yeah, Kai, Kai has been good. Um, 
you know, I mean, it turns out that my team, the Fire, are uh, this year's this year's goats. You know, they're uh, they're the new Chivas. So apparently, you know, pick whoever's defense they're playing against because they can't score. Um, and then who else did you mention? Ishi. Ah, uh, Ishi's like, yeah, he's he's done pretty good. I think he got three points the first game, not four or five, correct? Uh, four from my. It's did he pull uh, four? That four four yeah, yeah he's, he's been strong, and I'm I'm expecting him to break out. So so yeah, I can agree with you on that one. Um, for me, I just say Dallas kind of exploded this week. That would be my my pick for this week. Just I can't I can't can't let you get by with that. You got to oh, go really? with one of them. Yeah, you Perez. Got, like, Perez, one goal okay. first week, two goals this week. Um, he's 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 hitting on all cylinders. Watch out, Gold Cup. You know, other than that, I just want to say that it seems like this season is it's kind of happening what I was worried about there's going to be so many options out there that it's going to be a matter of just getting lucky week by week I mean you see the the dream team for this week uh it's it's nobody that that would be a bad pick you know sometimes you just get those weird weeks where you get just random players that are you know score you know a guy that comes off the bench and and gets a goal and an assist or you know you see a, a forward that's normally just you know he's a one two pointer and he he grabs a goal um, but this week it, the whole dream team is guys that you would that you would pick or guys that would be good decisions um, and then other teams made up of guys that that are definitely good picks too just you know they they fell in the in the what 50s range like most so my picks would be, um, I guess, for goalkeeper, ousted. A lot of people got nervous with the two for the first week, but pulling out an eight shoots him right back up there. Um, for defense, I was hoping to report Rodriguez was uh, had an awesome week, but I got a, I got burned by a rookie mistake. I didn't check the lineups for the first game and had no substitute for him, so I took a zero for him. But Jermaine Taylor managed to pull out some uh, bonus points, and he's been doing that for the first two games. Hopefully he'll keep that going. So I would. Put him as my pick for a defender at 6.6 million. Not too, not too expensive. Maybe yeah, a good very buy. reasonable. Um, Failhaber in the midfield. Uh, he's turned it up bonus points as well. That's what I love. I love bonus points. Um, and then um, on that, I say, if you weren't excited watching Mixed Disc Root and David Villa, then I don't know what you were doing. Um, both of those guys, you know, I'm heartbroken at them destroying the revs, but... You know, <laughs> They looked, looked amazing. I'll agree with you on that one for sure. They looked like they were, they looked like they were having fun. They were, you know, I expect points to come out of them coming forward. So yeah, you guys just stole one of my my standout pick. My main one is Davi Villa. Man, he looks really amazing, and his price is really good for the type of production you're gonna get. And then I only have one more standout player, which is Darlington Nagby. I know last year he didn't he didn't really score any goals, but this year, it looks like he's going to be involved in the Portland offense in a really, really, really good way, and he just looked excellent on Sunday, and I think he's also a really good value for the price going forward. I just got to say, that was a really good game to watch. I think I could watch Portland LA every single week, a couple times a week. Their defense was just, sorry, their midfield was just scary. I think I tweeted this out as well. I am afraid of what the Portland midfield is going to look like with Valeri and Johnson back in the mix. It's, it oh, is the big. speed. The speed was amazing. It was crazy. So a name I didn't hear from any of you guys that I think is worth discussing real quick is Kaká. I mean, he didn't really get a, a goal this time, like, like I know a lot of people were probably hoping to get but talk about being involved in the offense. That's that's something he's consistently been since the preseason. Cause is that not a good pick going forward with some of these buys coming up? 100%. He's been my captain every single week. Oh, early adopter. 
right well, there. You, everyone knows that I've had a I've had a man crush on Kaká and Via, so love them both. This, an and this is way. <laughs> well, this is the first time we've really seen some of the, well, as far as I can remember from fantasy standpoint, some of these big players really coming up nice in in these early early rounds. Of course, Via was not so much even visible on the field in round one, but it, sorry, Jason, but New England's defense was like butter, and he was the hot knife that was just carving it right up. It was a great change from round one to round two. And then only you, Jason, mentioned a keeper, Alstead. Uh, did none of you guys like keepers? Specifically, I want to know about Derek. Do you guys think he is someone that should be dropped now, or this is just a fluke? I think it's a fluke. Yeah, it was an own goal, wasn't it? I mean, without the own goal, isn't he, what is that, a six-point swing? Something like that. I uh, did not see it happen, but so I don't know if it was his fault. I don't know what happened. All I'm saying is if that doesn't happen, he gets the shutout points and he doesn't lose two points for an own goal. So Yeah, it was definitely his fault, uh, but I think he's still a good pickup. He's cheap. Keepers make it's mistakes. It's a bobble pass. Keepers Everyone, make mistakes. It happens. it happens. Exactly. He's still a great I value. I personally think it serves everybody right who dropped Ousted and picked up Derek. Uh, <laughs> but that's just me. I mean, and I actually wrote on Reddit a little word of advice about not knee-jerking, chasing last week's points, and I got a lot of flack for that. So to everyone who talked crap, ha, ha, ha. No, you know what? I actually agree with you on that. I was more uh, thinking, I think Derek is still just generally a good bet. Um, but then again, I guess I had him at the start, and yeah, I agree. Chasing last week's points isn't a great thing, but he's still an excellent value for a keeper who's really pretty good. I agree. And with the good defense coming up, too, I mean, JT's been great. Uh, I mean, their entire back line's been pretty decent. But for me, it's like I stuck with Ousted, and, you know, people that dropped Ousted and got Derek, it just, it just, just karma. It's funny to me, you know? Yeah, I don't see that so much as chasing points because, I mean, Orlando scored on a, a broken, deflected free kick uh, last week, and then they were going without Colin this week. So it was, it was, then they're going on road for the first time. So it was, I mean, it was, a, it was a tactical decision. I wouldn't say it was necessarily chasing points. And true. Of course, I did it in preseason, so it was, it was all about swapping some money around. But uh, that, that did remind us very well about the quality that Alstead is. But even the quality of Shuttleworth, and as I mentioned to, before to some of you guys, this podcast got started, I cannot stand it. It's my pet peeve when people talk about how, oh, David Villa should have had, sorry, David Villa should have had three goals. He was robbed. Uh, this, this, he should have scored there. Can we not give credit to keepers when credit is due? Please. That's all I ask. I agree. Yeah, I think Shuttleworth is a great keeper, but that New England defense is so bad. I'm not sure I'd want him on my (laughs) team, no matter how good of a keeper he is. Yeah, I don't know about Farrell as a center back. I don't know. I mean, there's another red card, too. Yeah, I don't know. Let me tell you, my my best Farrell memory is when he came in as keeper. Was that last year or two years ago? I think that was two years ago, but I'm not 100% sure. It was fantastic. Plus, he played for Louisville, so there we go. Uh, how, many, and I was, how long were they down to 10 men on that game? It seemed like it was a pretty 45? Was it the full 45? I think it seemed like it was the really half, long. Is that right? I thought it was almost maybe even more than that, like maybe 60. And it was it was a good amount of time. It definitely definitely hurt, but there were so many chances for New England, and, and they've got a good run coming of games. We've got Montreal, San Jose, both at home, I believe, and then Colorado. It, it could be a good time to rebound for them, and they... 
so many chances. When is, when is Jones back though? Because I think that's that's going to be the uh, the catalyst for their entire team. Well, I will say that New England kind of needs someone like Jones to hold the ball and to you know give yeah. everyone else room. You know, you've got you know Rowe, Fagundes, all these guys, but they really need space to do what they do. And without without sure. Jones, it all kind of falls apart. And Win can Win can carry it a bit, but not you know not as much. That's when we're really dangerous, and that you know the points are going to get spread around. Um, which is why I generally don't get New England players for you know fantasy unless it's Lee Win, but um, I don't know. I'm nervous a little bit. And I'm also excited you guys mentioned Fail Harbor because I I'm having to step back in some of what I said in a couple of my articles on Fantasy Boss recently. I was a little down on Benny before this started, but he's he's looking pretty consistent more than some of that defensive mid that we've seen in the past. A nice Zeusy alternative. Yes, no. I agree. I've yeah, been, I mean, he's getting... Sorry. No, go ahead. No, go for it. Well, he's getting the defensive bonus points, but he's also doing the stuff that he's always done, you know, the creative play, the crossing. You know, he's good for, a, you know, a big chance created, you know, probably every game, I would guess. You know, maybe that's a little much, but, you know, he's going to be playing both sides of that. It's going to work out. And also when Zussi's gone on international duty, as you remember last year, Benny stepped up, took all the set pieces, did very, very well, and I think that's what really catapulted me into... The top 100, so it's not that big. So another another discussion. Very little controversy. A few different options. Uh, I like all the names that you guys have mentioned. So we're gonna wrap it up real quick here. Get into questions. So each of you, do you have a must-have player for round three? If so, just just give me one. One must-have player, Scott. I'm gonna pass. Come back around to me. Oh, gotta think. Yeah. Uh, Jason, New England, Jason. We have two Jasons tonight. Uh, I don't know if I have a must-have player. Um, it's hard. I mean, we're still it's still round three, so. I mean, all the big. Na- I mean, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who have, you know you would say that are out for buy. So there's a lot of room for, you know, people on the edge. Uh, I'm gonna say Pedro Morales. Okay. He's, he's got to do it this week. He has to. <laughs> Simon. I am going to say that there's not a must-have player for this week because all of the must-have players are on buys. And so this is a good time to maybe deal with transferring players that are not those must-haves, maybe the lower-priced players in your defense or whatever. And so I think that this week is is a good time for roster shuffling with non-big-name players if, if you don't have to do it. Jason Antioch. I'm going to say uh, Octavio um, just because they're playing against an Orlando defense that, in my opinion, isn't very good. They're playing up in Canada on turf. So I think that I think that Rivera is going to, you know, he's going to bag me a brace. I send back to you, Scott. You know, I think I'm going to go with Davivia. Uh, I think going against Colorado and a hampered Colorado defense could be really good for him. Now, it could be really cold, and the altitude could get to him, and the travel could get to him, but uh, I would say that that probably looks like the best matchup to me. Very good. All good choices. I actually agree with you, Scott. David Villa. David Villa. So for those of you who don't know, Scott really was riding us last week for for doing more of an English pronunciation for David, but then switching to be all all fancy with Villa at the end, that he's he's challenged us to to pick away and stay with it. And I am failing miserably. So. <laughs> I just I want someone to pick David Villa. <laughs> David Villa. I'll I'll own David Villa. 
David Villa. That's David you. David Villa. I, I will go with David Villa, and and he is my must-have for for this round. I'm even considering some negative points to work in some more big names that I I feel could could be great during this time. Yeah, but, I think I'm taking a hit this week too. You won't yes. be alone. All around. All right, so let's jump right into my favorite time of the show, community time, answering questions that you guys have sent to us on Reddit, on Twitter, anywhere if you see us in the streets. That's creepy, but you can still ask us questions. So jumping right into it, let's kick it off with uh, some player comparisons. Simon? Yes, our first question comes from Garrett Tav. Um, question is, is Pedro Morales worth my $11 million? I'm going to mm. say yes to that. That is my answer. Um, he Defend hasn't, your answer or it doesn't count. Exactly. We're getting there. He hasn't shown it through the first couple of games, but he's still, you know, he takes he takes penalties and is the main creator for Vancouver. And eventually it's all about odds with the playmakers. The people who are the playmakers create the most chances, and that's going to start showing in his stats, even if it isn't yet. So yes, I think he's worth his eleven million, and maybe some people are thinking of dumping him right now. And I think staying with him still a a good idea. No, Pedro Morales is definitely worth eleven million dollars. Like you said, hasn't shown it for uh, the past couple games. And I was watching the Chicago game; he was actually playing a little deeper than I was used to seeing him. And uh, Rivero was the one that was doing the work. So I, I think that he's definitely worth it, especially for this week with all the with all the big names on buys. Um, after that, if you want to switch up, Kaká, Dempsey, um, there's some other people out there you can spend eleven million dollars on until he until he really clicks. So I would just say, you know, if you got him, keep him till the bye week. If he still hasn't done any, I mean, not the bye week, the double week. If he hasn't done anything by then, then maybe it's time to start thinking. But I mean, he has the quality. I just can't see it dropping off, you know, this fast. I think. You know, as as you said before, that you know, statistically, it's going to happen. That's where I'm at. And actually, you have to agree 100% uh, with Jason. I mean, you got Orlando, um, you got Portland and LA, and then you got your double game week. I'm keeping him till the double game week, and if he doesn't produce by then, then I'll kick him for somebody else. But I you know, might as well keep a premier player for a good double game week. I gotta say, I'm I'm concerned about that price with the production so far. I- He's been told to play more aggressive and more upfront in that attacking role, and I feel like so much of his potential last year came from that service, which I I feel like I saw more from Rosales last game until he got injured near the end, which we know he's been a bit injury prone. He doesn't play the full 90, so that's always a concern too. But I'm I'm just concerned right now that Pedro Morales might be not playing in the ideal position to help give us those returns from last year. But looking at the chart, after this away game, you've got two home games leading into a home-slash-away double game week for Vancouver. So I, I can definitely see the logic of keeping him through that double game week because it's it's not bad. Columbus-San Jose, that, that could be a nice return for them. Moving on, question two. Um, this one comes from Dilla's Donuts, which is I think it's, that's a fantastic name. Um, and as uh, and as some of us uh, white folk would say, is that Villarreal, right? No, uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, Villarreal seems to be the cheap uh, Ishizaki. And which would you recommend? It's uh, a Ishizaki. Ishi, yeah. For for me, I mean, <laughs> I think that I think that um, Ishi is a fantastic player, and I think that he is going to 
be, you know, a five-point consistent, kind of like how Brad Davis was last year, just consistent week in and week out. And for eight for eight million dollars, I'll take I'll take the five points every single week. With you know, I mean, the very first game, you guys can all you guys all saw the first LA game. I thought he was going to have three goals, two assists. I mean, he was inches off everything, but. Um, I personally, I think Villarreal is just a, you know, is maybe a couple week fling. If he does well, that's fantastic value. But um, I don't, I don't foresee him being, you know, a ship or a Remick or a Horst or a Burnabom like last year. Simon, what do you think? Oh, I knew I was supposed to talk right there. Uh, yeah, I go with Ishi to. <laughs> Sorry, man. I talk no. That was a long. It was a long weekend. All, all of our listeners, you wait, are did getting you... exactly what I paid these guys to do. But wait a minute, Simon, did you worth. do Vegas right? Definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not, which is still too much for me. Uh, <laughs> what am I saying? Yeah, Ishizaki, uh, I like him more just because what Antioch said is, is consistency. He's taken a lot of the set pieces too, so... Sounds good. I always like that. More opportunities. I'd take him. You never know when Villarreal is going to get benched, too. Um, I got to agree. I mean, Ichizaki and Villarreal are not the same player. Um, Villarreal is normally subbed out first to begin with, so there's always that issue. Um, but he is significantly cheaper, so it really just depends on what your budget is. If you can afford yep. one of them, take them, and that's it's that simple. If you've got more money, Ichizaki's a better player. Um, if you don't have a lot of money and need to fill a spot, Villarreal's been been great so far, and um, kid looks to score, so you can't go wrong with a player like that. Yeah, I would just say, I mean, you know, it's a 1.8 million difference. If you could really use that money elsewhere, you know, maybe Villarreal keeps the the streak going, you know. But I would say Ishizaki, when he's playing at least 60 minutes around last year, um, any every one of those games, he averaged five per round. That's about you know what you'd expect for you know a decent price midfielder. Consistent, he's gonna you know keep you going. And I think people have forgotten that, or at least everyone was overshadowed by David Villa in his little deflected pass, not counting for an assist. But Ishizaki had the same thing happen with that cross that bounced off the defender's chest that set up Villarreal for his for his goal. So he that play was so much down the right side in the opening game, and so much down the left side when they were playing against Portland. So it it just wasn't in his area to really get some more of those points, but he did look vicious when he had those chances, and I was so thrilled for that corner kick at the end of the game. Three points. Question number three. Tubar asked, who should I replace Seattle Toronto players with for the bye week, or is it worth it to hold on to those players until next week? I wouldn't hold on to them. I mean, you know, if they're someone worth holding on to, they're enough money that they're worth, you know, selling off for a week. You're not going to really lose money you know, barring a really bad red card, I wouldn't really worry about it. So if it was me, so specifically to the question of Dempsey, I would probably swap him out for either Lee Wynn or Pedro Morales, spend the whole eleven million somewhere and hope that one of them breaks the you know the the poor start. Both of them are quality players. I think something's gonna come of it. Or, you know, you could go with mixed disc root in the midfield. You know, if you're looking at Martins, I would do a straight trade for Keane. You know, he's had a slow start, which a lot of people predicted, but, you know, I think he has a good chance this week of turning that around. So I say spend the money, spend it big. For me, uh, I'd say that um, I never had Dempsey or any of the Toronto players, actually any Seattle player except for Nagel. And um, I would say if you're going to get Dempsey, because most people do probably have Perales or Kaká or somebody like that. So 
I for me, I'm I'm big on Benny Fellhaber or even potentially Fabian Castillo. I think that one of those two guys in the midfield um, is a good differential, um, potentially right now, especially um, with the this next game week. Um, and then the Toronto players, um, I'm like you know I would if you have if you have Josie, I would also go with potentially even. Um, I think Dom has really uh, chopped my balls the past uh, couple games, but uh, I think that uh, Rivero or Dwyer I think could put up pretty big numbers this week. Dom's do a hat trick. He he needs it. I need it. That's the kind of talk that gets you a low score. It's it's coming. I can feel it. It's coming. <laughs> While we're on the topic of differentials, I'd say if you got one of those guys, uh, consider replacing him with Nagby specifically. I guess that's Dempsey. Um, <laughs> because Nagby is someone that I don't think a lot of people don't own and is going to have opportunities. So... Uh, with Martins, I agree. R- Rivero, is it Octavio Rivero from Vancouver? Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, I, I think there's no reason to hold on to a lot of people most of the time, as long as you're not someone who's who's adverse to taking these negative four hits. Or if you have a good trade plan, if you've planned ahead three or four or four rounds, that's the beauty of this new price system is you're keeping, as we already mentioned, the points that have been generated from the play of your players, and it's easy to just swap out a Dempsey for a Kaka or for a Zussi or a Davis if they were performing, but it's it's great, and so why not take advantage of no fear of losing money? Yeah, I agree real quick, and, and just to, to add to another point, I forget who said it earlier in the, in the podcast, but there's so many great options at every position that why would you sit $11 million on your bench for True. whoever? It seems like a huge waste of money. I would, I'm going to say the same exact thing everybody already said. Um, you know, Depending on who you have on those teams, get rid of them. Get somebody that's going to play this week. It's too early. You don't have enough money in the bank to, to support a, you know, an 8, 9, 10, and definitely not an $11 million player on your bench. So get someone that's going to play and get you some points. But on to the next question by Mike Dat Tiger. I have both Pedro Morales and Brad Davis. Let's also include Diaz and Winger. This is getting complicated. It's like a word problem. As starting midfielders and both have underwhelmed, is it time to bail on these players? And if so, who should I bring in? Uh, Let's see. Pedro Morales we already talked about. Brad Davis, I haven't watched any of the Houston games. I don't know what's going on with him. Extremely unusual low production out of him, so I don't know if he's playing in a different position. I'll let the other guys speak more specifically on Brad Davis. Um, Diaz is... He he has been a little bit underwhelming. I, I can give you that. And Castillo's right in the same price range, and he, he was kind of lighting it up the other day. So, um, Wanger, I, I don't know what would be underwhelming for him. I think he's kind of on pace for what was predicted for him. Uh, I think there's definitely better options for than Brad Davis, Diaz, and Winger would be would be my my suggestion. If you don't have any players going on buys this week and you've got those free transfers, go for it. There's better options in midfield right now. Yeah, I agree. I would pick up, get rid of any one of those guys and pick up Fail Harbor, Discarud, or Castillo. I second that. That would be a third. And I will I still like Diaz a lot, actually. Um, I know he hasn't been excellent, but he should be pretty consistent in terms of picking up bonus points. And I think at least this last week was kind of an whatever the word is, an outlier or whatever the word is for that. 
Uh, I don't think that's going to be usual for him, but $9 million is kind of a lot, and there's there's lots of other choices. But again, I think Dallas is also just a really good team, and that's going to be kind of reflected by Diaz. But yeah, Wenger and Davis. Davis is getting off of my team this week. Houston does not look that good. Yeah, I got. I got to say, I got to go back and Diaz. If you, I mean, if you don't want it, that would be one guy I would keep. Um, Philly's defense hasn't looked very stellar. What they give up three goals last week. Um, he might be someone to keep on. Let FC Dallas roll with him. Answer. So our fifth question comes from Twitter, and it comes from Kenna Owens, who is at so in chic. And uh, shout out to her. She was the person who was my first opponent in the Extra Time Radio head-to-head league. Uh, we had a close game. I ended up inching it out in the final game. But thanks for sending in this question. It's a really good one and one I've seen a lot of people asking. Is Perez the real deal? As an FC Dallas fan, I have to remain skeptical, right? Or go with my heart? I think you go with your heart. I mean, the guy's tearing it up. I think he's got one more week in him before we see people leaving for internationals, but he's he's scoring. Yeah, I'll agree. Blas Perez is the real deal. I mean, I think he's always been the real deal, though. It's just that he's gotten hurt and missed so much time because of international duty that I feel like we don't talk about him that much, but he's always scored goals when he's been playing. So, you know, if you think he's a good choice, I absolutely think so. Yeah, I don't know when Blas has not been the real deal. He's he's always been a good player, strong player, always goes for that goal and puts in all he can. Some of the pieces around him have been fluctuating a lot, and that's made it hard for him, so you've seen lower points. But, uh, yeah, always always a decent decent player, and uh, you gotta got to go with him right now. If he's on fire, he's on fire. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's playing well. You know, at the end of last year, he was getting a goal every other game when he was healthy, so... I think he's a real deal. Yep. Yeah. Right. Right. At, right. Until that pony's not running anymore. I mean, he's killing it. So there's no reason to take him out. I mean, if he gets called up, then you could take him out. But I mean, there's no reason to take him out of your squad. And then the next question, I guess, is um, by uh, Les Blue. Uh, they're they're actually in our uh, in our chat right now. Um, good person. But uh, ask this: uh, San Jose looks for real. Are they? Um, if fantasy players have the room. Uh, fantasy players have the room. Who should they consider for the Chicago game and after? Um, I actually answered this earlier um, to some people in the chat room, but I think there's only two San Jose players that are even worth looking at, and that's Wando and MPG. Um, I just, I mean, MPG, he looks great in real life, hasn't translated to fantasy yet. Um, Wando looked great last game, but those, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but those are the only two that I've seen that actually look really stellar for Chicago, or for San Jose, I apologize. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think Wando's is a good pickup, um, as is Perez-Garcia. But also, I guess if, um, is his name Emigara? Am I pronouncing it right? That guy, he looked pretty good uh, against Seattle, but I wouldn't pick him up until it's really clear that he's going to be starting. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. S J is S J. San Jose is San Jose. You don't know what you're gonna get out of him. Wondolowski scores goals, but he seems to do it in spurts. So if you don't have him, by the time you pick him up, it's too late, and he goes dry for a little bit. Um, Chicago's defense has been has been good. I mean, we haven't been scoring goals, but we haven't been giving up a whole lot either. So I'm not sure if if this is the game maybe to jump on him, but you know, Wondolowski. Never hurts to have him on your team, I guess. Yeah, I don't no, think I've seen any. 
I want to flip that though. And on the Chicago side, David Akam should be should be playing this week. I don't know if he's going to get the start or not, but keep an eye on that. Yeah, I haven't seen any San Jose games yet this year, but you know, stats wise, they're really not. I don't think they're pushing it. So I would hold off on getting San Jose players right now, personally. To keep going with Scott's flip, with that red card that San Jose got last week, we saw that connection between Ameriqua and Ship. In, in this game, which which was impressive. Is that going to generate some more coming up? Uh, Malonian ship and Ameriqua's just straight-out hustle was... Uh, there's a lot happening out there. I mean, there was a lot of chances that they were that they were creating. They just can't seem to, to finish. Um, I think it's going to come. Hopefully it's this week. I, I'm ready for a goal explosion. <laughs> like that. Like that RSL Philly game. No, oh, not like that. I just want oh, one side of goal explosion. Yeah, we're not talking about that game, guys. Come on. Next. All right, our next question comes from Glory Man United 34 New England looks like they have a great schedule for the next few games, but they're not in good form. Would you recommend picking up any of their players? I'm leaning towards no. Um, if, you know, the schedule coming up looks good, if anyone's going to get points, it's Lee Wynn, but that's $11 million that maybe could be used better elsewhere. Um you know, maybe Aguadelo gets some goals, but um, you know, for for any one of those player, any player on the team, you can find someone else in the same price range that I would probably go with. If, you know, if you're looking at Aguadelo, I'd probably go with Perez or Rivero. If you're looking at Kellen Rowe, I'd probably go Discarude or Failhaber. If you're looking, you know, Lee wins your safest bet. You know, I think he'll get five or six points a game, and then maybe, you know, maybe a ten if he gets a goal. But mm. I don't know. It's risky. The defense is completely shot. I wouldn't count on, you know, you know, maybe Shuttleworth gets lucky and gets a ton of saves because he gets peppered with, you know, shots the whole game, but I don't know. Yeah, I was uh, going to pretty much say the exact same thing. I mean, if there were only one for the midfield, I would I would get Rowe just because he's, I mean, he seems to be playing very well. Um, and Aguadelo, I mean, he, I, I personally thought if he was going to start this year, he, uh, you know, he would be putting up a lot more points than this. But I, I think it's, um, you know, as a, as a Jason alluded to earlier, I believe that there are much better options for the price. And until New England starts putting up better points, there's no point for me to put anyone in my lineup. There's much better options. And uh, also, if you go with Aguadelo, he's going to get subbed out in minute 60 if he doesn't have a goal or if we're not up. If we're not winning, you know then uh, Davies is coming on. So he's a risky pick on that as well. So I'll agree. I don't like New England players until uh, Jermaine Jones is back. They're they're good. I just think there's better options at the price until they've got Jones back in their midfield. I, d- I definitely agree with that. I did it again. Damn it. I, I, it's just with me. I need another note that says, I have one note that says talk slowly, and another one that says do not interrupt Scott. Do not cut Scott off. You didn't even let me start to interrupt me. Yeah. Man, that's Sounds it. That's okay. Just wait till the next introduction. Amazing. <laughs> Just wait, sir. David Villa. David Villa. Um, and Juan Agudelo. Is that how you say that? Aguadelo is is looking good. He's going to score points, but it's just you can't pick him up until he does it, right? Uh, Midfield-wise, Fagundes looks looks good, but again, they're just not connecting for some reason, a lot like Chicago right now. And the defense, down a man, they're just... It's just there, there's no one right now. you got to wait until they start connecting and then pick them up fast because there are some good values in there. I think that you will see a lot of good value come out of New England. Um, just hasn't clicked yet. Same thing with Chicago. I think there will be a lot of good value coming out of them. So I don't think you have to wait. I, I think you could jump on them. 
right now if you wanted to kind of be daring depends on some of the position you are within your private league or your head-to-head -head or, or whatever you're doing but I, I think Fagundes could come up and surprise a few people he had what three good chances against New York that just did not did not come together for them but I will have to agree with what you all said it's a much better looking team once Jones comes back but I, I think you could take a risk on them and roll the dice over these next three rounds well, that wraps up our question and answer session this time. Uh, if we did not get to your question, so sorry. Keep posting them on Reddit and and post them in a new thread. Get other people to respond. Post your team for a Rate My Team. Uh, there's lots of good feedback. Come to MLS Fantasy Boss. Go to live chat. People like like Scott and Antioch are going to be there, and they'll, and they'll help figure it out. Uh, prizes, just so you know, the league has closed now on the 13th. That's the cutoff to make sure you have over 750 members. We've got about 1,000 plus over that, so we should be in the running for that $200 MLS gift card. I'm working on getting some good prizes, maybe some technology type stuff, so not just the scarves and, and the tops cards like I like, but trying to get some good stuff. More info on that when I hear I want to give a shout-out to manager Guy Sanchez with his team Super Slow Moses for getting the highest score in the Slash R Fantasy MLS League this year with ninth this year, this 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 round with 91 points. Congrats. Very, very excellent. And the overall scorer of this round is in the MLS Fantasy Boss League. So great showing. Applause. Well done. Well done. Well done, Sanchez. I think we need to talk about another league, though, this uh, MLS FI hosts head-to-head -head league that we've got going on because I'm noticing a, a very unsettling trend where I have to face the guy that scores the best score every round. I'm, I'm not appreciating that. I've also noticed another trend where if guys are on my team, they tend to get yellow cards. <laughs> I think my favorite trend is that I'm winning. But you are winning. You're tearing it up. <laughs> uh, I want to also highlight a few team names that I liked this week from the r slash fantasy MLS league. Poor man's paralysis from manager Craig Bettles. I liked it. Uh, I don't know who that would be, but I like that you're looking for him, and when you find him, let me know. We'll try to plug it. Also, Calgo Moo. From Dumb Rocks. That just it made me laugh. What can I say? That's what I look for. And then the final name is was a great throwback for me. When I was playing Pee Wee Soccer back in the early 90s, the first team I was on with any success, we wore these big orange jerseys. I'm sure all you Houston fans will appreciate that. But we were called the Orange Crush. And we, and we won. And it was great. So big shout out to Kentucky Crush from Katie Redpath. I love it. That's all that we have right now. Uh, anything else? I know. I think you wanted to give some good plugs, Antioch. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention before we wrap it up? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, throw out a couple a uh, couple buddies of me of mine that um, actually have a, a great podcast for Utah sports, incorporating BYU, Jazz, uh, the Utah Utes, uh, any of the the colleges there. Um, they're called the Dog and Deuce Show. Um, they're on uh, iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher Radio. Uh, go check them out. Give them a like. Go support them. They're uh, they're good dudes and they know their stuff. So nothing else. That's all we got, guys. No plugs. 
That's it. Be sure to come by r slash fantasy MLS, post your teams, join the chat. Just just join the community. It's great. Over a thousand members now, nearing eleven hundred. So excited to to see that team that that community growing. And stop on by MLS Fantasy Boss. Perhaps I'm a little biased, but we have some excellent live chat that happens during games, leading up some games. Some of the top scores from the past past previous years come by and, and are really great to give out advice. So just come on by, get involved, but have fun like we do with this podcast. Have fun. So thank you, everyone, and all you guys. Good luck.